Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. And on the road, live from St. Augustine Parish in Austin, Minnesota. Only on the RPR Network. Good morning, everybody. This is Steve Splonskowski, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio, along with... Brandon Clark, uh, Programming Coordinator for Real Presence Radio. And we're coming to you live, as you just mentioned, from Austin, Minnesota, broadcasting from St. Augustine Parish. Um, and before we get too far into the show, we want to begin with a little prayer. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start out with, uh, we've got some students from Pacelli Catholic Schools, the local Catholic school around here in Austin. And so we've got Abby and Kylie who are going to lead us in a, in a couple of prayers. So go ahead, ladies. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Lord, continue to bless our Catholic schools. Help them to be a source of wisdom, love, and peace. May all who enter the classrooms be filled with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. May Catholic education grow so your good news can be taught to children around the world. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Abigail and Kylie, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Are you excited for school? Yes. <laughs> yes? And, and is it warm outside today in comparison to other yeah. days? Yeah. Okay, so it's at least warmer, right? Yes. It's rain outside. It's a little uh, cloudy, but uh, we're not sitting outside today because It'll, it'll mess up my hair, yes. <laughs> which is a bad, bad deal, right? Well, right. thank you for being with us. We appreciate yes, thank it. thank you. All right. Have a great day. That's Abigail and Kylie. We're coming to you live from St. Augustine Parish. They're uh, 10th grade students at Pacelli High School here in Austin, Minnesota. And so uh, stay tuned, folks. We're going to bring bringing you some local interviews. And uh, to uh, preview, that, preview that show, we're going to throw it back to Gregory. Gregory, what's coming up? So coming up this morning, during the 9.30 to 10 segment, you'll be able to call in with your questions for our Straight Talk guest this morning, Father James Steffes, at 877-795-0122, or by commenting on Facebook. And we'll also have a chance to talk with Gene McDermott of uh, Pacelli Catholic Schools and Father James Steffes about the beauty of Catholic education and how Pacelli helps keep priorities straight when it comes to living out our faith. And we all know about St. Joseph to be the great great foster father of Jesus and husband of Mary. But did you also know that he's the patron of immigrants and travelers? We'll unpack this further and discuss the significance of it as we visit with Father Keith Streifel. All this and much more coming up this morning. Thank you, Gregory. That's great. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, stick with us for the next couple hours on Real Presence Live. It's on the road. And uh, again, my name is Steve Sponskowski, together with Brandon Clark. And we're going to run right now to the phone to Father Sean Kilcally. Father, are you around? Can you hear me? I am. It's great to be with you this morning. How are things in Lincoln, Nebraska this morning? (laughs) They are really rainy this morning. Uh, (laughs) I just drove in from western Nebraska. I was avoiding a blizzard. And uh, so it's better than snow, we'll 
after that. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, back in uh, back in Fargo, they're talking about uh, some rain and and snow, and uh, we're in Austin, Minnesota. There's there's rain here. We're headed to Duluth this afternoon, and uh, there's going to be some rain there. So it's going to be rainy and snowy, folks. That's your forecast on the Real Presence Radio Network. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's spring. It's spring. So uh, you know that's uh, we need to have the rains of spring so we can have the flowers of April, right? Exactly. So, well, Father, you're coming to Fargo to speak um, at the Redeemed Made for Greatness uh, Men's Conference, and uh, we want to talk with you a little bit about unmission. Um, that sounds a little crazy, but Brandon, what are we talking about when we mention unmission? Yeah, so we spoke a couple of weeks ago with Bill Donahue. He's with the Theology of the, excuse me, Theology of the Body Institute, and uh, he, he had talked about uh, identity and our identity as beloved sons and beloved daughters of, of the Father and how we can get our, our mission as, as Catholics, as Christians, through that identity. So uh, before we go too much further into the unmission, uh, Father Kilcali, uh, can you just talk a little bit about uh, this identity? For those who weren't able to listen a couple of weeks ago, uh, what is our identity in the Lord? What's the idea behind that? So, like, our identity is really any, it's how we see ourselves, um, like the first thing that comes to mind when asked the question, who are you? And, and our identity is something that we really receive from others. And, and we receive our identity from our Lord. Our identity is bestowed upon us. Um, and it is the experience of belonging to our Lord, you know, above all things. And, you know, so in our modern world, like people can identify with lots of different things. They can identify with their job, or they can identify with the work that they do in the church. They can um, identify with, you know, the relationships that they're in. But that primary identity is is to be a beloved son or daughter. You know, Jesus' identity was to be the Son of God. And that's what the gospel message is. You know, when we look at Mark's gospel, Mark 1-1 is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. At our Lord's baptism, the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Or the transfiguration, this is my chosen Son, listen to him. And then at the end of Mark's gospel, the soldier says, truly this was the Son of God. You know, and, and so the, the core of the gospel message is to come to know that Jesus is the Son of God. And as Christians, to come to know that we are adopted sons and daughters of the Father. You know, it's uh, as you talk, Father, you're talking about our identity comes from outside of us, and I, I think a lot of times that we have that we hear that phrase. You know, so how do you identify? A lot of people are identifying as a whole lot of different things, um, but since you know, we really we do not create ourselves. Um, we do not bring ourselves into a dis- into existence. We don't really. Do we really have that authority to uh, create our own identities? No, I think when we try to, we end up in loneliness. And um, and so one of the themes that I talk about a lot is that our identity is received, not achieved. And so you know, I'm a West Point graduate, and I was an infantry officer in the army. Um, and there were lots of things that I did that were, you know, difficult things or things, um, things that were achievements. Um, but none of that really 
gave me an identity or gave me a confidence or kind of, you know, got rid of all of the questioning or insecurity in my life. Um, but there was one day when I was in ranger school and it was, it was the last phase of ranger school and I had slimmed down to about 150 pounds and, uh, could barely carry the M60 machine gun. And we had to, we had to choose new ranger buddies at that point. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like the weakest guy in the squad and nobody's going to want me. And I'm, I'm basically going to fail out, you know, in the next four weeks. And, uh, and then a friend of mine named Dave Parks, who is a lot stronger than me, a lot faster than me, uh, better officer than me, uh, walks up to me and he says, Hey, Kilcali, will you be my ranger buddy? And in that moment, as I was chosen or accepted by this person that I really admired, um, that kind of masculine identity, that identity as an army officer, that idea that I belong to somebody really took root in my heart. And, uh, and I never had any of those kind of questions or insecurities again. And that's what our Lord does for us is our Lord steps into our life and, you know, in our weakest moments in the moments in which we feel like we have no value. And he says, I choose you and you have value and you belong to me. And it's when we experience that, that we come to know who we are in him. Right. So knowing this though, father is just half the battle, right? Um, and you would know (laughs) the battles, as you just mentioned, as a former army ranger. Um, the other is knowing then the attacks that come against our identity uh, what do these look like, and are, are they different for each person? Yeah, I think the core attack against our identity is pride, where we say that we don't need those other people in our life. Um, you know, as soon as we, you know, stop believing that we need a, somebody outside of us, somebody that's greater than us, um, we turn it in on ourselves, and and then our identity becomes something that we're trying to make up on our own. You know, but we always find ourselves in a constant state of insecurity or distraction. Um, and so those distractions might vary for each person, um, but anytime we're looking to something to be our refuge rather than Jesus, you know, whatever we do when we're bored, lonely, angry, stressed, tired, um, agitated, feeling insecure, um, whatever we turn to in that moment, you know, that's what we're seeking. And that's kind of where we're trying to find an identity um, rather than in finding it in that person, you know, who is over all things and above all things. And that person that has chosen us to give us life, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Father uh, G.K. Chesterton tells us, reminds us, and I believe the book is in his book, Orthodoxy, he says, tells a story of a gentleman who mentions uh, the phrase, believe in yourself. And he kind of goes on to talk about how if we decide to, you know, we use that phrase a lot in the modern world, believe in yourself. But he, uh, you know, many, many uh, years ago, um, G.K. Tesserson kind of takes that apart and says, you know, how, how little is your world if, if yourself is all you can believe in? I mean, does that, how does that, you know, I really inform this idea of, of outside ourselves, this... Uh, we really have to, in times of difficulty and in challenge of our mission, we have to look somewhere else to believe in somebody else other than ourselves. Yes? Yeah, and to believe in really means to entrust in. 
Um, in Lumen Fide, Pope Francis writes, believing means entrusting oneself to a merciful love that always protect, or that always um, pardons and makes straight the crooked lines of our history. And so, so to believe in means to place my like heart in somebody's hands or to allow somebody to take care of me. And so we really can't do that for ourselves. And when we try to, we end up in kind of this chronic loneliness that we see so rampant in our culture. Right. We're talking here with Father Sean Kalkali of the Diocese of Lincoln, and he's going to be one of the speakers at the Redeemed Men's Conference that the Diocese of Fargo is hosting on Saturday, March 30th. And this morning we're talking about, uh, so far we've talked about identity and mission uh, and kind of gotten into this idea of the attacks against our identity. And uh, as we began, Steve was mentioning how there's this idea of unmission then, right? So if we've got these attacks against our identity, Father, uh, the idea of unmission comes in uh, against men specifically. What does that look like? Um, So the on mission or obstacles to our mission really looks like complacency, um, like not passing on to others what we've received because we haven't received it in the first place. You know, in our culture, so many men have had their identity robbed by kind of the selfish sins within our society, you know, like pornography or alcohol or drugs or other addictive behaviors, which always turn us in on ourselves. And and then in a very practical way, it looks like men not speaking up when they need to, men not being willing to, to sort of stand for what is right in the face of adversity, um, a reluctance to protect and guide, you know, our children. And, um, and then that kind of, you know, because of a lack of identity in our Lord, then then there's really a lack of mission because our mission is going to flow from that sense of belonging to Christ. So a question comes up, if we don't know our mission, can we still be attacked? Yes, we can still be attacked because, like, in Gaudium it says, it says man is the only creature, the only being that God created for his own sake. Right, which means really we're just created for our own sake, that we're created to be with our Lord. And we come to know ourselves through the sincere gift of ourselves. And so, you know, our primary mission is to know, love, and serve God. And, and we know that. And then our specific mission, like whatever we're supposed to be doing in the world right now, um, is revealed to us. And we come to see it the closer we are to our Lord, the more we come to belong to Him, our mission is sort of revealed to us. And and so the primary attack is going to always be against our identity. It's always going to be at the core. Right. Father, we just have a couple of men, minutes left here in this uh, interview this morning. How can we work to overcome these attacks on our identity and our mission, especially as men? The primary question is always, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? And and it's a really simple question, um, but it's a question worth pondering. You know, there was a few years ago that um, I was struggling in my own identity, and uh, and I ended up 
you know, going to uh, get some counseling. And I remember sitting there with my counselor and they asked me this question, like, have you surrendered your life? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm a priest. Of course I've surrendered my life. <laughs> uh, but, then, but then I have to really examine that and say, okay, do I give our Lord everything? You know, is there any part of my life that I'm still holding on to? Is there any part of my life that I still want to fix by myself and not let him into? Um, is there anything I'm withholding? You know, or do I live every moment for our Lord? And, uh, and so, so that's, I mean, that's the core question that we all have to ask ourselves. And, and hopefully the men's conference will be a time for everyone there to, to really examine their conscience about that. And, and find ways to invite our Lord in a deeper way into their heart and into their lives so that he can be revealed through their lives and the way that they live each day. Awesome. You're listening to Father Sean Kokali, and he's actually going to be at the Redeemed Men's Conference Made for Greatness in Fargo. That conference is coming up March 30th at the Delta Hotel in Fargo, and Bishop Folda will also be there. Um, and uh, that event, again, March 30th, if you want to hear dynamic speakers such as Bill Donahue, um, Father Sean Kalkali, who we've just been I- visiting with, and Bishop Folda, and more. Um, um, we're really going to unpack what uh, authentic greatness and leadership is all about. For more information, visit fargodiocese.org forward slash redeemed men, or call Brad Gray at 701-356-7903. Thanks, Father, so much for being with us this morning. Thank you. Alrighty, well, it's time for our first break of the mo- morning here, Steve, but uh, we have lots more coming up on the on the road from St. Augustine's Parish, including Straight Talk with Pastor Father James Steffes and a National Spelling Bee Qualifier from Pacelli Catholic Schools right here in Austin, a look at St. Joseph, so many great things. We hope you stay with us on the other side of the break because we have much more to come. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live on the road to come from St. Augustine Parish in Austin on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Unipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877-795-0122. Dwight Richter Insurance Agency is a local State Farm agent in Williston, North Dakota. Dwight Richter Insurance Agency provides auto, home, renters, life, disability insurance, and more. They have a dedicated team of licensed professionals that work hard to serve their customers. To make an appointment, you can call 701-572-1509 or go online, statefarm.com. Dwight Richter Insurance Agency is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Live on the Road on the Real Presence Radio Network. Catholic listeners, it's probably the, the majority of you that are that are listening and calling in and, and giving. We appreciate that so much. And uh, and it's just an opportunity to continue to grow, you know, to continue to grow in your faith. We know our faith isn't isn't limited to what you know in your head, but what you know in your head does help move your heart. And Catholic Radio is a great opportunity to engage in the faith, to learn more, to learn more about doctrine, to learn more about the gospel, to learn more about the scriptures and those essential elements of our faith. I also know that Catholic Radio really helps to reach people 
who would never darken the doors of a Catholic church, who, mm. who don't know, who don't have a, a relationship with the church, and yet, you know, through whatever reasons, God's providence, they find themselves listening to this radio station. And, uh, and, I, and I personally know that that's, that's been the source or that's helped many people on the way to conversion and deeper faith in Jesus Christ and, and the life of the church and the sacraments. So... Epiphany Catholic Church in Watford City presents Fire It Up, a 2 Tim 4 Ministries retreat for all ages on March 29th and 30th at the Watford City Rough Rider Center. Engaging and inspiring talks for all ages and stages of life. Powerful worship music, adoration, reconciliation, and prayer ministry, and special tracks for kids ages 6 to 10, and a preschool track for kids 3 to 5 years old with lots of fun and games. For more information and to register, go to wcepiphany.com today. This is Real Presence Live on the road, where once a month we bring the show to your community. If you're nearby this morning, come visit us at St. Augustine Parish in Austin, Minnesota. Now, back to more great stories from the local people you know and love. Oh, it, I mean, difficult decisions when you're trying to eat, <laughs> a, eat them. It's a, a brownie. I mean, the local local gals oh, made these okay. brownies. Gals for us. Made them. I mean, we got these these brownies with caramel inside. And then if you're looking in the camera, yeah. um, you can see the uh, we've got a, a banana, a cake, and a scotcheroo. <laughs> and um, Brandon's going to eat four of each of them before the day is up, folks. So we are live coming to you from Austin. And if you want to stop by St. Augustine Catholic Church, they're right <laughs> up in the camera. you got to help us eat these bars. It's Lent, you know, and I, you don't want to make me suffer um, by, by eating, by eat eating all of these and have, I'll have a, you know, I'll just be really full later, and that would be Something a bad thing. Something to offer up then, right, during Lent. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> I can, uh, so stop by St. Augustine Catholic Church here in Austin, Minnesota. We've got some coffee for you, some uh, some goodies, and uh, we're coming to you live. Yes, we are. I'm Programming Coordinator Brandon Clark here with Executive Director Steve Splonskowski. Excited to be here at St. Augustine's Parish in Austin, Minnesota, we uh, drove down last night and uh, had a wonderful meal with Father James Steffes, who's going to be our guest for Straight Talk this morning. That's our call-in segment, so get your questions ready for him and uh, call 877-795-0122 starting at 9.30. And he's only taking the tough ones, so he's no easy questions. He yes. only wants the tough ones. He loves the idea of stump the priest. Right. That's exactly. what he says. Yeah. <laughs> He's nodding and smiling, so we're not sure. But Exactly. We're in studio right now with Neha. Good morning, Neha. Good morning. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's great. We're sitting outside in the sunshine here in Austin, Minnesota. It's 80 degrees, and I think I'm getting a tan on my bald head, Brandon. Do you enjoy lying <laughs> to the listeners? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just exaggerating. Hyperbole. Oh, uh, hyperbole. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. hopeful. Okay, so it's <coughs> raining and it's we're inside and there is a, the the sanctuary is there, so I suppose you'd get it the sun. It's a like sun tan. The sun. There you go. Yep. There you go. Anyway, we're gonna visit <laughs> with Neha now, so you don't have to listen to my baloney. Uh, Neha, you have an exciting opportunity in front of you. Talk to us about that a little bit. Um. Yeah, I'm really excited for the National Spelling Bee. It's gonna be definitely a different experience. It's gonna be a nice experience, you know. Um. I'm just excited to meet all the new competitors and just see a different level of competition. So obviously, for how do you prepare for a... Uh, so this is Neha, and she is actually has now uh, uh, been honored with the opportunity to participate and uh, compete in the Scripps National Spelling Bee. But Neha, what kind of preparation does this take to get uh, 
uh, to get to this level. This one actually uh, takes a lot of preparation. It's a much, much bigger, you know, competition than I am actually used to. Um, but I'm going to be using like Merriam-Webster Dictionary and Valerie's Spelling Supplement to help me study. So, so let's be honest, Neha, at home at night, do you just read the dictionary for fun? Is that kind of what you do to prepare for spelling bees? <laughs> no? No, I don't no. actually. But I mean, every day I go home and I just do my homework and then I really get down to the, mm -hmm. you know, because I want to know it inside and out. And then, you know, whatever I get at the National Spelling Bee, I want to say, you know, at least I tried and I'm proud of myself. Do you That's have, great. Do you, have, do you have people you work with? Uh, do you have friends or family that kind of help you and, and challenge you and, and kind of uh, quiz you on your spelling? Or, or how, how does that work? Um, well, usually it's my mom and dad that are always, you know, testing me. But um, I still have a really big support here at Pacelli, though. Um, my principals, Mrs. Muriel, Mrs. McDermott, and also even, even just, you know, the whole Pacelli family. Yeah. Really big support. So. What, what got you interested in, in the spelling bee, Neha? My mom actually introduced me to the spelling bee in fourth grade. But um, before that, we used to have spelling bees, and we'd always compete to see who can get the most words correct. So, I mean, I would say that was, you know, really influence. Excellent. So did it start out with like a, a school competition or, or, or how are there different, have you worked through different levels to, to get to this point where you're competing at the national level? Yes, I have. Actually, they start with first a school spelling bee and then um, they take the top two from there and you go to a, um, it's like a regional spelling bee where you have all the school kids come and out of those, like I think around 47 children, they choose 12. And then after that, those 12 compete mm. for one of them to go to the national. So what's the toughest word so far you've had to spell? Oh, there have been a lot of <laughs> tough words. But um, one particular that I remember is, is pronounced tchotchka. Okay. It's a Slavic word. Would you like me to spell that for you? Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Because <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. Actually, let's, let's do it like this. So, so, so in the spelling, they're, they're going to say, how do they do that? I've only seen it on television. They but say, say, like, your word is... Tchotchka. Yeah. And then you have to do what? Then, you know, you can ask, like, language origin, definition, um, alternate pronunciations to help you spell the word. Okay. Usually the word of origin gives you a hint of how the word is spelled. Like, Slavic usually have silent letters. That's why mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe it starts with a T and it did. Mm. So, because yeah. it's a Slavic. That's interesting. So you actually even get to, to learn kind of the, the background of these words, uh, yeah. the origins of words, right. and that really helps you with the spelling bee. Yeah. So it's not just spelling words. It's really knowing the origins of words. Right. And right. That's yeah. awesome. I, I'm curious now. So you're in, the, you're in the regional competition, right? Yes. And you're probably one of the last, what, three contestants, yeah, two contestants? Three, yeah. A what's going through your mind when you realize you're about to qualify for the National Spelling Bee. Well, right before, you know, when you are about to spell the word, they, they tell you, like, oh, this could be your potential willing, winning word. I don't think they realize that, you know, makes you really nervous. But, I mean, um, you know, I just try to take a deep breath, calm my nerves down, and, you know, really focus on the word that they're telling me. So. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, so talk about a little bit the honor of representing your school. Pichelli. I'm so proud to honor my school. You know, we are a small school, but I mean, any, you know, these things, it's like a nice opportunity, you know, to really represent our school, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm proud too. And so this actual uh, spelling bee takes place in Washington, D.C., is that yes. correct? Yes. And uh, at, so when you, as you travel down there for that spelling bee, are there other sites, other things that you get to take in, or how does that work? Yeah, actually they have planned activities for the spelling bee, or for the speller, sorry, for the speller and uh, one adult. 
And um, they have like planned activities every day after you know the competition. They have something planned each day. So, so how many people compete at this national level? Do you know? I I heard about five hundred. Five hundred from wow. all over. Wow. And so you mentioned that you're going to take one adult. Have you chosen who you're going to take with you yet? Or? Not yet, but both my parents are planning to go. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. but that's two. I, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> if we look at it from a church standpoint. They're oh, there you go. They're, they're married. They're one. one. There you go. They're a little theology for you there. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Well, that's great. And you're going to have a good time. you have other siblings? Or are you I'm an only child. Only child. Okay, I'm good. Child, Excellent. So. Excellent. What are you most looking forward to about the national competition, Neha? Really just representing my school and um, the experience and meeting new people. So, yeah. Great. So I, I want to, does it ever happen at home then, like you're eating breakfast and your mom is like, okay, Neha, chrysanthemum, go. Or how does that work? <laughs> I mean, uh, usually, you know, when I practice the words the night before and just ones that I keep doing over and over again and I'm not getting correct, she usually tends to. Either one of my parents usually tend to, you know, ask me in the morning those words. In the morning? Yeah. So are you a better speller in the morning than at night? Or? I mean, I think your mind is most alert in the morning, or for me at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It does. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Well, congratulations on uh, this thank opportunity you. and honor, and, and uh, congratulations on all your hard work in getting here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And continue to... Uh, to grow in uh, in your spelling, and even it's not just spelling; it's it's even the origin of words. I think that right. that's awesome. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, and I should add, if we we added it at the beginning, but but you're an eighth grader too, Neha. So yeah. so that's really exciting to be an eighth grader, uh, and you have hopefully more years ahead of you to uh, to go to the national spelling bee, huh? It's actually fourth through eighth grade. Oh, it's fourth through eighth grade. Yeah, oh, okay. but I've been doing okay. it since fourth grade. But okay. this is my last. Last chance. Excellent. So. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for Thank being you. with us. All right. We're, that was Neha. She is an eighth grader, as you heard, here at Pacelli Catholic School in Austin, Minnesota. And we're coming to you live from St. Augustine Catholic Church. And uh, she is entering, been, had the honor to enter into a national spelling bee that's going to take place in Washington, D.C. And so everybody keep her in your prayers and uh, continue to... Uh, um, support her as she enters into this next phase. And all of you out there who are uh, good spellers and are interested in uh, the origin of words, uh, continue uh, working towards that. It's a, a great uh, gift to understand what language means. I think that's one of the confusing things in society today. We use a whole lot of words yes. um, for a whole lot of different meanings, and it's uh, really, to be a great communicator, you need to know what you're saying and uh, know what you're communicating. So let's work on that yeah. and continue down that journey. Yeah, so if you're just joining us, we're coming to you live with Real Presence Live on the road from St. Augustine's Parish here in Austin, Minnesota. Steve is still staring at those bars and the and They're the right coffee. in front of me. How can I not? <laughs> so we, we thank all the ladies uh, who have... Uh, graciously donated their time to uh, to have some homemade bars for us. So if you're in the area and want to stop by and visit and uh, have a bar, Mike Kodrowski, our listener relationships uh, coordinator, uh, is with us here as well. So have a visit with him. Is he calling us? I think he is. He is on the He's phone. He's holding a phone there. Oh, wait, I oh, know what that is. Okay, yeah. Straight Talk. That's right. It's Straight Talk, <laughs> folks. And with us in studio now is Father James Steffes. Good morning, Father. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Great to be with you. Yeah. Great to have you guys here at St. Augustine. We're excited to be here. You know, we walked into the uh, rectory this morning, and Father had some nice, warm, fried Spam, spam. ready for us. And it was here very in spam good. Town. That's right. We're in Spam. Black pepper, one of my favorites. It was very good. So thank you, Father, for a wonderful breakfast. We appreciate that very much. Absolutely. Excellent. So this is Straight Talk. It's your opportunity to call in with questions or comments on topics of the faith, uh, things happening in the world around us. 
And Father has mentioned that he'd be open to uh, any question that, uh, that you'd like to ask. So 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. You can also submit your question to us on Facebook as we're streaming this morning via Facebook Live as well. Father, you didn't actually say that. I might have put words in your mouth, but thanks for being with us. <laughs> I'm open to that. You're most welcome. We're both lying a little bit this morning. <laughs> I, not, sorry, hyperbole. hyperbole. I've hyperbole. heard that, yes. <laughs> yes. We're just telling The confessional stories. is right around the corner. I, I probably need to go yeah, anyway. Yeah. We, can <laughs> well, we, won't do that we don't right need now. to do that on the air. Yes. Awkward. <laughs> That'd be an awkward moment. Yes. All right. So 877-795-012. You can enter, or enter into this conversation. You can also send us a note on Facebook. Uh, we're live. Check us out um, at Real Presence Radio uh, Facebook page and uh, let us know your question for Father Steffes. Now, Father, you are here in Austin and you uh, actually recently uh, completed a restoration of your church. Um, and I was walking through there this morning just kind of praying with each of the, uh, the windows. Talk to us a little bit about what that restoration has meant for you personally. It's been a tremendous blessing for the parish. Um, I'm thankful to God that it turned out so well and people really love it. Or um, They're so moved by it and that's what's the greatest blessing. It's beautiful church. Um, we touched every part of it in the restoration project, but what is more beautiful is the fact that people are coming in. The parishioners come in, pay a visit to the Lord, stop and pray. And um, it was a tremendous opportunity to, to, well, we started with Great Bones, this Gothic style church and to just restore it to its original beauty in which a gothic church should be gives great glory to god so to have that opportunity to to bring glory to god and make his house the most beautiful one in the city was an awesome experience though i have to say i'm very happy it's done (laughs) if anybody has done any renovation or restoration projects um, it's exciting but it's great to have it done so, folks, if you're in the, in the area, and even if you're not in the area, it's worth a little uh, jaunt over here to Austin, Minnesota, take a look at St. Augustine Catholic Church. Obviously, it's always a good opportunity. Stop and say hi to our Lord. And guess what? Today, you could say hi to our Lord and have a, a scotcheroo. That doesn't happen every day. And I think St. Patrick would want you to do that since he's uh, got his, uh, his, his uh, day coming up the end, the end of the week here. He so. does, and St. Joseph right after him. There For you us go. non-Irish people, though. There you go. So, Father, when you walk into the church, I mean, maybe this is, I'm going to ask you a hard question. Sure. What's your favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite thing to stop and, and meditate um, on in the church? What, what, what scene or window or what? That's a great question. I get that often, actually. Mm. And it's a tough question for me, and it changes from day to day, sometimes moment to moment when I'm in there. Sometimes I'm struck by the beautiful windows, as you said. Sometimes they're the beautiful stations. Sometimes it's just the beautiful artwork. Um, But I think overall, though, I am captivated by different areas of the church always, and think how beautiful it's it's the whole thing, that Mm. it just, the beauty altogether, it just, it works. It fits, and it as I keep saying, it gives that glory to God. Yeah. It's his house, and it's, you know, it's most beautiful when the people of God are gathered to celebrate Mass, and we have a full church, and that gives the meaning to it mm-hmm. um, in the presence of our Lord. And you had mentioned last night as we were visiting that supper that there's something about when you walk into a sanctuary in your heart and your mind are lo- uplifted to the Lord from mm-hmm. the moment you walk in the door. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think environment always influences all of us. 
And beauty elevates the soul, one of the attributes of our Lord himself, the one, the true, the good, and the beautiful. And that sacredness, the beauty, um, brings us closer to the Lord. It's how we're made, and there's something inside of us that just yearns for that. And when we see authentic, true beauty, um, our hearts and souls are, are raised, and ultimately to the Lord. That's the ultimate beauty. Yeah. You also mentioned this kind of uh, stepping into to the church, or if we were also talking about adoration, where is this kind of an opportunity, kind of like, in a certain sense, sometimes only the, the only place you can pray, the only place you can find right. silence and, and peace. Yeah, in the midst of, I think we were talking about our culture, um, there's so much chaos and just the busyness that we all get involved with, you know, and we can live this very frantic, frenetic life. And to have a place where you can walk in and see the beauty and just feel a presence, there's right. such peace in that. And I think we all need that. We yearn for that. If we slow down at all, we know that that's what we're hungering for yeah. and yearning for. Yeah. eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the call-in number to ask a question of Father James Steffes. He's the pastor here at St. Augustine's Parish in Austin, Minnesota. eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Also streaming via Facebook Live. So if you want to submit a question there, we'd be happy to take that and, and pass it along and have Father answer that as well. So call in with your questions now during Straight Talk, our call-in segment, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. So, Father, I just noticed that you're wearing Our Lady of Guadalupe socks. <laughs> <laughs> Things you can only see in the studio. This, this is radio, folks, so i got to paint a picture for you. Right? This isn't television. Um, so uh, you have a, a special devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe? Or? I have a special devotion to Our Lady. Um, oh, okay. Absolutely. To Our Blessed Mother. She has been close to me all my life. I'm born on the Feast of the Holy Rosary, so the Rosary is also my prayer, and she has a special place, and I know I have a special place, as we all do of children of God, but priest in a special way, and you now I've really fostered that relationship. So, yes, I would say <laughs> I like socks. I really love these socks, but I'm cautious about saying what I love because as a pastor, you mm. tend to get a lot of what you love. Right. So, folks, don't send <laughs> socks. Do not send socks, please. Send prayers. I'm sure. Those I are love right. prayers. That's what I love the most. So, <laughs> could you could you share with us? Do we have? We don't have a call. Do we have a call oh, yet? No, we can continue. Okay, I see, I so see something moving. If on the I don't screen. have callers, I get your questions. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so you guys start praying for calls. <laughs> could you share with us a story uh, in your? I mean, anywhere in your life that Mary um, really stood out as as somebody who opened some doors for you, or or really gave you some answers. Do you have a, a story that you can share with us about Our Lady? Really uh, guiding great, you? Great question. Um, I really feel her presence most often, all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I said a prayer to her in the intercession before I sat down here, not knowing what's going to come my way. But Mary, <laughs> wrap your mantle around me. It's often a simple prayer that I say. People come into my office and um, they'll start looking around. And I'm, I get distracted by them looking around and they'll say, you like Our Lady, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I've noticed in my office, I have many images of our, our Blessed Mother, so I'm always surrounded by her, you know, certainly attentive to her presence. I think what I feel most often, often is her guidance through her Immaculate Heart into her son's heart. Yeah. Um, I feel also her tremendous protection. You now, if you only go to her, she cares for her sons and daughters in a special way, profoundly, um, her priests, 
that share in the priesthood of Jesus Christ. So I, I think we all need to develop a relationship with our Blessed Mother, but especially her, her priests. You know, she watches out for us as she cared for her own son, and we share in the priesthood of her son, Jesus Christ. So over and over, I know I'm not answering specifically, but yeah. in a general way, um, mm-hmm. her presence is very real to me. 877-795-0122 is the phone number. You're listening to Straight Talk, which is your opportunity to call in or send your questions via Facebook. We do have a couple of questions coming in here, Father. So let's start with this one. Any recommenda- recommendations for how to engage, especially teenage boys, in their faith and grow in a relationship with Jesus without it coming off as fluffy or uncool. You have a school next door, so you probably have a a little bit of experience there. I think, I'm not sure who's sending in this question. I'm assuming it's a parent, but I think to give witness to your children, Mm -hmm. first of all, witness is the the best teacher, that if we live our lives in that way to show that a relationship with God is normal and it should be the most normal thing in our life. We're all created in his image and likeness. Mm -hmm. But in our culture, we kind of push the Lord away or that's just my private thing. So I think young children grow up that way. Mm -hmm. And especially boys, it's not the cool thing. It's a weird thing. I don't want to be a holy roller or religious fanatic. But I think that idea of and and cultivating that, first of all, that it should be the most natural thing. Mm -hmm. And... I think then also young men like adventure, they like the battle. Yeah. We like to get in to something that is tough or rigorous. It's sort of how we're made. And I think to cultivate that mentality, that's our religion. We're always fighting a spiritual battle. We need to be men as women need to be m- women and live out our, our life truly and authentically. I think there's ways that we can do that just to to raise it up how do we touch an individual soul or young men in general use what attracts them right you know have food at a gathering (laughs) and bring them in food is good (laughs) food is good excellent thanks so much for that question we do have a phone question now but i'll give out that number one more time because we do have a line open for you 877-795-0122 this one uh, i think steve hits a little closer to home damien from holly (laughs) is on the phone Uh, and uh, damien you have a question for father steffes yep why did God let the Titan? Why did God let the Titanic sink? Why did, why did God why let, let, let the Titanic, Titanic sink? Okay, that's a great question. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of those that fits that general. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Is that what you're you're asking specifically? You know, God, yeah. in His greatness and His goodness, created us with that free will. And sometimes our choices influence the bad things in the world. Um, Titanic, I don't know necessarily if it was a cause of any of our choices, but God doesn't control us or the world conditions. um, And things happen. Sometimes it allows us to grow in our faith. God stretches us um, in the midst of sometimes tragedy or trials. It's an opportunity where we can grow even closer to the Lord. We can often ask that question, why? I've come to 
realize in my own life, a better question is to ask, Lord, where are you in the midst of this? How can this happen? Such a horrific thing, a trial, a test, a challenge in my life. Where are you? Because I really need you. So it's an opportunity to grow closer to the Lord. Whereas a lot of people want to ask the why question that um, kind of removes the Lord from the center of life and um, people can use that as a reason to leave the Lord. But I think it's an opportunity to grow closer in relationship with the Lord. Does that answer your, your question? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. welcome. Thanks Thank you. Thanks for your call, Damien. Thanks, Damien. 877-795-0122 is the call-in number. 877-795-0122. There is a line open for you. And uh, we do have another caller on the line, DJ from Bemidji, Minnesota. DJ, are you on the phone with us? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. And uh, what is your question for Father Steffes? Well, I have two questions about uh, remodel refurbishment there at St. A's. Uh, I looked at the website pictures. They are gorgeously redone. And Thank I you. saw it looks like the, the baptismal font is in the center now between the two side doors. Was that part of this remodel or was it there previously? I, I know when I was a kid, it was in a chapel in the southeast corner. You're correct. So you grew up here? Is that... Is yes, right? I went to say I went to St. A's and to Pacelli, graduated from Pacelli in '77. So it's been a while. Wonderful. Well, you're always welcome back home. <laughs> and yes, that was part of the restoration. It's actually the only uh, furnishing that moved. Um, be prior to that, most recently, it was floating around in different places, and I wanted to give it more of a permanent spot. If I could have moved it back to what used to the ba be the baptistry of what you referred to, I would have. But right now, or now, that is a men's bathroom. So that was not possible. <laughs> Silly men's bathroom okay. that has the most beautiful stained glass window in it. Um, <laughs> I'm not inviting people to come and see that. Come to look at the rest of it. But it is in the center. It works very well liturgically. And often it's through the baptism that we enter the church. And actually, this south entrance is where most people pass through. So they come in through the baptism, bless themselves with the baptismal water. It, al it also works very well for funerals. When I meet the casket at that cross section of the church, I can bless the body um, with the baptismal water. We always do, usually out of a bucket and aspergillum, the sprinkling. But I can very symbolically use the baptismal water um, as we send them to eternal life. So, great question. Thank yep. you. Yeah, very did, nice. Did uh, you have another kind of, did you, one, you have a second one? One more follow-up, if I may. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, when, I, when I was young, there used to be the choir loft in the back. Is that still where the choir sings from? And if so, something I never thought about before, how do they get down for communion? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a good question. And your follow-up question is part of our answer. Yes, the choir loft is still up there, but our choir does not usually sing from up there. Um, they're up in front. We moved them back a bit behind the pillars, so they're not competing with the central, with the altar during liturgy. Um, we have tremendous music. We're very blessed here. And in reality, at a practical level, the choir loft is very, very high and steep steps, and that would deter a lot of people from being involved in the choir. Um, 
it's the best place, I think, you know, just acoustically and the voices carrying over the other people to invite that singing. You know, we looked at that seriously, but it just wouldn't work. But we use it for overflow and, and people sit up there when we need uh, more space for seating. Okay, very nice. Well, th thank, uh, thank that was my only question. And I hope you guys enjoyed the spam for breakfast because <laughs> fried spam yes. and eggs is excellent <laughs> breakfast. It was. We had yeah, scrambled eggs and spam. It was very good. I haven't had spam for years. Oh, when so I was, was growing up, my mom would make this awesome spam hot dish. It yeah. was like my favorite thing. I kind of <laughs> knew they would be asking me a lot of questions, so I had to butter them up by feeding them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Excellent. I oh. guess it's out now. Oh, we were supposed to be nice. <laughs> I didn't get that message. But. <laughs> Thank you, DJ, for that call. God yes. bless you. And you could call in yep. 877-795-0122 with your question during our straight talk. We're coming to you live on the road from St. Augustine's Parish here in Austin, Minnesota with Father James Steffes. At the helm, he is, uh, he's got the mic on looking for your questions on Straight Talk, our call-in segment here. And uh, you can also submit them on Facebook like Karen did, Father. Karen would like to know, what was your favorite Lenten devotion as a young adult? As a young adult? A young adult. Are you su assuming I'm not a young adult anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be quiet right now. I think that's why she uh, submitted her question on Facebook. That's great. <laughs> um, as a young adult, so I'm going to say it's probably in my early years of priesthood. I've been ordained 26 years now, and I am probably a mid-age adult. Um, but some of the practices are, are ones I, I still enjoy. It's some of those... The aesthetical, some of the the giving up, because um, I realize some of that um, really helps me to focus to the Lord, and that's what all of our Lenten practices should be. So I give up as much um, technology and media as I can. It's very difficult in our world. I'm always suggesting to my parishioners, let's all give up email, because that's the only way it would work if everybody gives it up. Or right. I don't do social media regularly, but... Even as far as music and movies and TV and all that, um, I just really cut it out during Lent so that I have more of that silent time, that I can be drawn closer to the Lord and have more of that prayer time. What fruit do you see from that, Father, when you, when you kind of uh, just unplug for the, the 40 days? I think the greatest, well, ultimately greatest fruit is being drawn closer to the Lord, but it's in that silence, in the slowing down. Um that I come to realize what's most important always. Mm -hmm. It's a reminder. Mm -hmm. So really slowing down, I, I think, is is the fruit and the silence, and then ultimately more of the um, conscious awareness of God's presence. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for submitting your question on Facebook, Karen. You can submit one, too, or call 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Father Steffes is waiting for your call during our Straight Talk segment here. Looks like we have about oh, six minutes or so, so plenty of time for you to call in, 877-795-0122. So, Father, I have a follow-up question. Um, on your relationship with Our Lady. There are many people who misunderstand the Catholic mm. um, understanding of our relationship with Our Lady, and many of our listeners um, do not, are not 
our brethren of the Catholic Church. Uh, they are our, our Protestant brothers and sisters who are trying to grasp and understand what the Church really means when they say we need to have a relationship with Our Lady. Can you help help them help us understand that better? Sure, I can try with that. Um, first and foremost, I would say God chose the Blessed Mother to be the mother of His Son and was the mother of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What greater honor, um, certainly to womanhood. What incredible vocation to be chosen, to be the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ and marry a simple, humble woman from the backwaters of Galilee in Nazareth um, had the courage and generosity to say yes to that and made a difference in the world forever, for our salvation. You know, that along with the fact that I often say to people, who knows a son better than their mother? You know, and sometimes people have a hard time going directly to Jesus, but absolutely, we can always go right to our Lord, Triune God, Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. But Mary sometimes is a great intercessor. She knows her son, and she is always bringing our need to the Lord. You look at the first miracle, they have no more wine. She brings that need to the attention of her son. So she wants to do that for all of us to act as their intercessor. It's not that we worship, we worship Mary, we worship our Lord, but we can go to her. We believe in the communion of saints that we die to this world, but we live on. Just as I was a ask you guys to pray for me, yeah. as I have since you've been here, yeah. why not ask the Blessed Mother to also pray for me to intercede? You know, she's still alive and she's right next to her son. What a better person to go to. Um, so it's just holding Mary in high honor because of her life, her vocation, um, what she did by saying yes, but also because our Lord gave her to us as he hung upon the cross. Excellent. Thanks, Father. We do have, uh, I think it'll be our, our last caller of the morning. We have Karen listening in Felton, Minnesota. Karen, are you on the phone with us? Yeah. Thank you for calling in. And uh, what is your question for Father Steffes? Why do we have to give something up for Lent? Why do we have to give something up for Lent? Mm. Hold on a second. Karen, how old are you? Seven. Seven. Okay. I thought Seven. you sounded young. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful question, Karen. Thanks for calling. I'm assuming someone helped you call. <laughs> <laughs> so greetings to whoever else is standing next to you uh, thanks for calling in you know fasting is one of the things that the church asks us to do and that's giving up something often it's food but like I said in my own life it can be fasting from um, music or other media sources even the radio <laughs> not there's always exceptions so not <laughs> not real presence radio but it's something all the practices that we do are ultimate to, to draw us closer to Jesus Christ, that I am not just giving up food because it's a good thing to do and I'll be more healthy in that way or lose weight. But as a seven-year-old, you don't have to be concerned about that. You're precious always in God's eyes. Um, but it's something to draw us closer to the Lord. That's why we give up things, little sacrifices. And it's something that Jesus did for us. He sacrificed a lot for us, for suffering and dying for us. So as Christians, we live the life of Jesus and we want to model our life after Jesus. So 
he sacrificed, he gave up things, and so we give up things as well to be like Jesus and to be drawn closer to Jesus in our life. Does that make sense to you, Karen? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for your call, Karen. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. All right. We just have a couple of minutes here left, Father, in Straight Talk. Uh, And this is what I like to just offer your uh, a question of, is there anything else on your your heart or or your mind this morning that you'd like to share with the listeners? I think as we were referring to the church and how beautiful it is, um, I often say, and I I mean it sincerely, I have beautiful people, and, and they're so receptive to the truth to relationship with the lord but i have often said well you talk about that relationship with the lord how does that happen so we have just um, embarked on a new um, i don't want to call it a program a, a whole experience of discipleship for formation of the heart as well as the as well as the mind that i think it's something important that we all need to do in the catholic church to remember who we are and whose we are and and really live that life as disciples, people who follow the Lord and remain close to the Lord and live our lives with Him. It's where we can find the most fulfillment and purpose in our life in that relationship. So I just encourage everybody. I'm so grateful to my parishioners that are very open to this and so many things about having that relationship with the Lord, coming to Mass, celebrating the sacraments, spending time in adoration. Well, thank you, Father James Steffes, for being here with us during this uh, Straight Talk. And uh, your questions, thank you all, everybody for calling in. And remember that we do this every Real Presence Live. And so uh, as you, uh, throughout the week, listen to Catholic Radio or go through your day, uh, keep in mind that you can call in and uh, get some good answers here, some straight talk, the straight yes, answer here yes. from, from Real Presence Radio, um, your friend here. And, of course, as Father mentioned, it is okay. I'm going to give you permission during Lent if you want to turn off the radio, even Real Presence Radio. <laughs> I will never compete with the Lord. <laughs> if you need, if you want to talk to the Lord, that's always better than anything else you can do. But an Easter dawn, turn it back on. There you yes. go, exactly. <laughs> A little alleluia there that we can't say during the Mass yeah, right now. So thanks for, thanks for being with us, Father. And uh, we're going to step away for a quick break here, but before we do, um, we're going to talk about, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about this confused world that we live in. We've found a solid basis for what we can learn when it comes to children's education, both in the faith and the classroom, and we'll tell you what's up, you know, what, what is that? Next and later, married uh, with married couples, if you need an opportunity to step away from the busyness of the world to focus on the Lord and each other, where do you find that opportunity? Yeah. Where do you go? Um, it's uh, it, kind of hard to, to step away from how busy we are, the responsibilities. Sometimes we see that as uh, irresponsible to step away from the things that are on our plate, the priorities that are before us. But sometimes we have to sit back and reprioritize and say, wait a minute, maybe I don't really have my priorities defined correctly. And maybe there is a different priority that the Lord wants me to put up front. So what is that? We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break, so don't go anywhere. This is Real Presence Live coming to you live from Austin, Minnesota. It's not warm out. It's not sunny (laughs) out, but we do have scotcheroos. So stop by and help us eat those. Uh, Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. 